Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. James Keith grew up near Orange in New South Wales and has been playing music for most of his life. He recently released his debut single, Life Is Good Today, and there is an album of the same name due in 2023. We're going to talk about the single and some other things. Hi, James. Hey, Sophie. Thank you very much for having me on. Great to chat to you. And I'm going to start at the beginning because I read that you first picked up a guitar at the age of eight. And I'm wondering, if was that because you wanted to or did your parents make you have lessons? Like a lot of well, kids' parents did. Yeah, true. No, so dad played the guitar when he was you know, obviously a bit younger and and um, music was just a big thing in our family. So, yeah, we just, he, he put the guitar in my hand and I'm, I'm really grateful that I stuck at it. Yeah, right. And you have four brothers. So I'm wondering if they also picked up a guitar or other instruments. Yeah, they did. So either keyboard or, or guitar, one of those, one of those two. So... It was only me and my brother Robbie who actually stuck at it. Um, but I mean, we, you know, we, we grew up obviously five boys on a vineyard in Orange, so we had plenty of time to listen to music, and that's kind of how it all, all started. So I'm trying to imagine what it was like if five of you were learning instruments. Wow. <laughs> it's a good thing that you were on a farm, I guess, because the sound well, could just go out. We, we had a lot. We had lots of time outside, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, no, that's we, we we had 40 acres just north of Orange and. I'm pretty sure mum and dad bought that place strategically because uh, we made a lot of noise. It, it was either that or, or rugby league, so one of the two. Yeah, right. So when you were a kid playing guitar or not, what music did you enjoy listening to? Yes, I, I grew up, I, just because I loved the guitar, I, I loved Cat Stevens. He was one of my right. first real loves of, of, of music. Yeah. And then um, then being a guitarist, I, I love you know, Mark Knopfler from the Dire Straits and obviously the Beatles and that kind of, just because dad had the old CDs. And then came this amazing era of, of you know, um, 80s and 90s, like rock, Australian rock. So mm-hmm. I loved, you know, Dale Braith way back in the day, you know, that Rise album. I mean, In, in Excess are one of my all-time favourite bands. And then later on, The Living End, which is, you know, Chris Chaney's is just an amazing, phenomenal guitar player. And they're kind of who I wanted to be as kids, I suppose. Um, yeah, so that was kind of, Early kind of influence, but then that kind of rock inspired, you know, sort of came in the early 90s. Cat Stevens is an interesting artist for a kid to listen to. I actually used to listen to Cat Stevens as a kid as well. And I think there was yeah. something about his voice that yeah. was quite soothing, but lyrically quite sophisticated for a child to be listening to. Yeah, well, so this is a funny story with, with my kind of music, I suppose. I just love playing the guitar. That, that was just what I loved doing. I never, like... I could tell you my favourite songs and I could tell you every word in the songs, but I couldn't tell you what the song was about because I never I, I never put the lyrics to, together. I was just always listening to the guitar, you know, the, the guitar, the riff or the, the bass line or the drum beat. So that's kind of where I was really entwined with what music was. And it wasn't until I started listening to country music in 2011, which is honestly where I started to actually understand and think about what words meant in a song. Okay. So um, I'll come back to the, the country music in 2011, but um, but just in terms of you working out all those guitar parts, so at what stage did you have your own guitar? Because your dad had a guitar. At what stage did you actually have your own instrument that you could start to, that was, I suppose, size appropriate for a kid, or maybe yeah. maybe you were just on a bigger guitar the whole time? Well, I was on dad's guitar to start with, but so I did a year of lessons and I learned how to read music. Right. But I didn't, I, 
and, and the teacher at the time was we were doing the Steadfords and stuff like that. So that wasn't generally, you know, learning songs with, with lyrics. It was more like notes and stuff like that, which I didn't really enjoy too much. And then obviously came across Tommy Emmanuel as well, another Australian phenomenal guitarist, and he listens, you know, and he can just pick it up that way. So I spent six months with another teacher who kind of taught me that side of, and that's where, I, that's where my guitar really went off. And now, you know, I can really sit down and, and understand and, and play off the back of that rather than reading music and scales and stuff like that now. So that, that's where the guitar, you know, I, I was eight years old. I did a year of lessons and then a half year of, of some more lessons. And then that was pretty much it. And then, as I said, found Cat Stevens and found these other amazing, beautiful guitarists. And that's kind of where the, the love really grew from there. Yeah, I've asked other musicians about the reading music versus the ear because I learned to read music as a kid playing piano and yeah. cannot play by ear to save myself. Yeah, well. And other artists I've spoken to who learned to read music have a similar thing, like they can't necessarily play by ear. It's interesting that you consciously chose actually to be taught to play by ear because I wonder if you hadn't done that if you, you kept reading music maybe you wouldn't have been able to to play by either way you can yeah it's it's funny like it's just it's, it's just kind of how, how the way it worked out but I suppose at that time I wanted to learn more songs rather than individual notes and that kind of stuff yeah, so right. it definitely helped me with writing an album and understanding piano and stuff like that the reading music but I, I, I don't I literally listen to a song now I can pick it up just by listening to it now so I suppose maybe both ways have helped me in this album a little bit, but yeah. de definitely um, really enjoy, I sort of really gravitated towards that just ear, ear side of it. I mean, you've got to learn obviously a bit of theory, but it's more kind of maybe feeling the music a bit more rather than just looking at individual notes. So yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're both both beautiful ways to learn music. So, but yeah, I just, I, don't know, I, I wanted to jump and I, I used to jump around in my room pretending I was a rock star and I, I still do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. So, um, so I suppose, yeah, I wanted, that was kind of, I couldn't do single notes and I wanted, I wanted to jump around there rock star. Well, I am insanely jealous that you can play songs by ear like that. But um, so you grew up with four brothers and at a certain point you were all learning instruments. Did you look around and think, hmm, this could be a band? Well, look, we, we were, no, we, 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 um, we fought too much to be Hanson or any of those other ones. <laughs> so we, um, no, we, no, it was just, in saying that too, like obviously rugby league's in our DNA, so that was you know I, I never, even though I loved it and would jump around and just live for music, you want you want to follow your father's footsteps. And also, no, I'm not being, you know, I'm like humble in the sense that you know he was a famous footy player, and, and so was our family. So that's all you want to do when you're a young kid. And we grew up in that kind of bulldogs era as Yeah, so I obviously loved the music side when I was young, but, you know, you really want to follow your father's footsteps, you know. So, uh, you know, he played footy in Sydney and one of five boys, you know, we, we all kind of wanted to follow our father's footsteps and, and uncle's footsteps. So that was always our number one goal as kids, but I was just lucky enough that I, I just loved music and loved the guitar and, and could, could do, the, you know, do that in the background as well. Yeah. So I should say that your family is very well known in rugby league. It is the Mortimer family. Um, and you didn't, however, play for the team with which they are most associated. You went to Manly. How could you have defected like that? I know. Well, I'll tell you what, it was funny. My dad, dad used to be our coach when we were younger and 
you know, you see a lot of times uh, sons of coaches are, you know, always given the, the golden ticket and, that. and dad, for our last name, would, would never do that. He was he was the hardest coach, you know, we'd ever had. So he always, we had offers to go down to Bulldogs when we were younger, um, but he would never send us down until he thought we were, we were ready. So that kind of taught us some good lessons, life lessons as well. And so, yeah, anyway, at the time um, I was playing, you know, some good footy out, out in the country and then Crusher Cleo, who's, um, you know, Noel Cleo, who was a talent scout for Manly at the time, came out and brought me and my younger brother Tim and a couple of other orange boys down and we ended up staying and, and, and here I am still now. <laughs> yeah, right. Russia. Now there is a great nickname, isn't there? <laughs> well, I know. It's a good, it is a good nickname. He's a terrific bloke. He's a bushy as well. So yeah, he would come out and find country boys because he just loved, you know, what we were about, you know. So he brought us down here and still had an offer to go to Bulldogs, but I just, I just love the lifestyle of Manly. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, too. Um, but I'm interested in whether the discipline of learning a musical instrument, particularly the way you applied yourself to learning guitar, helped you as a sportsman. I, I think they both they both help each other. Yeah, absolutely. You have to really, you know, I suppose, like, I, I learned this from a young age, you know, watching Dad build a vineyard from, literally from nothing. And we were kids and we built that. So that was a good lesson. That if you really want anything, you've, you've got to work hard for it. You know, and nothing comes easy and... I, the amount of times I've sat in my bedroom and played the guitar and, you know, really, as I said, like, listen to those songs and just, I mean, you know, we, we also built a vineyard when we were kids, so we had so much time to listen to music. It's just, you've got to put a lot of time in there. They say the 10,000 hours, you know, and it's true. Yeah. And, and and obviously that works with rugby league too, you know, or, or any sport for that matter. It's just, I mean, or anything in life for that matter, you just got to, you know, as long as you, you work hard and you're persistent and, you know, and, and you want it bad enough, you know, th things will, you know, things will come your way, whether you, whether you reach the top or not, you know, that, that, that doesn't matter. As long as you're doing something and you, that you love doing, you know, it, it definitely goes hand in hand playing, playing an instrument and playing sport, yeah. Now, listening to you talking about building that vineyard, I'm wondering if your parents actually had five children so you could build the vineyard. It's <laughs> a conspiracy theory, and I think you did right. <laughs> like so, yeah. So we, had, we had five boys, but there's five under in like in nine years. Right. And he bought a vineyard, well, sorry, he bought a paddock out in Oregon right. and literally said, you know, what am I going to do with my boys? So he built a vineyard and he knew nothing about it as well. So, oh, so literally, we were like, you know, we were between the ages of four and you know, like 11, you know, or 12. So, um, yeah, so we literally built everything by hand, you know, we were young, young kids and and to see it, you know, to see it thriving now is a really, really good accomplishment, you know. And as I said, it's just a really good life lesson being kids to see your, your parents really work. I mean, we had nothing like, there was no there was no money in rugby league back in the day, in the 80s. Mm. So we, you know, we literally, everything we have, we've, we've worked for. And it's just, a, I suppose it goes in hand in hand with writing an album and mm -hmm. rugby league and doing all these things. You, you've got to, you know, you, you've got to work hard for things. Yeah, and uh, people who may not be old enough to remember the, beyond the current era of, of rugby league, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a professional. There were there were players who were garbos and real estate right. agents and teachers at the same right, time. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, in, in the eighties and early nineties, it used to say try by you know whoever also a bricklayer. You know? <laughs> so you know, obviously, you know, you, you, yeah, yeah, it's just. It's just good lessons we learned kind of growing up in that kind of you know tough environment, I suppose, tough love. But you know, we everything I've ever got in my life, I've worked hard for it. It's, it's been it was a good lesson for us as kids, probably without knowing it at the time. 
Yeah, it does sound like you were the Von Trapp children, but with hammers and nails <laughs> and, and spades, not with socks. And, and a big police belt. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're in the gulag. Oh, <laughs> now, while you were playing footy at Manly, did you still have time for music? I did, yeah. So we, um, so I actually started a couple of little bands in Sydney with a couple of players. Right. We, we were on the footy show a couple of times on some um, oh. on some talent, talent award things or whatever, and we would play at, you know, the Narrabeen Sands and, you know, the Collaroy. So we played a few times around and started a bit of a wedding thing. So I was, I was always playing. And I suppose the good thing about the guitar is, you know, I mean, you can take it anywhere. It's such a manual mm. instrument. It's just, and it's such a social instrument too. So even on, even on bus trips, you know, footy bus trips, I, I'd take the guitar and, and um, you know, and just everyone would love to sing along and, you know, it just, it's just a good social to get everyone together. So and I suppose that's kind of helped now with my music. I mean, back then I was playing in front of people. I you know, didn't really know. I've just come down from the country and, and it was just bringing everybody together. And, and um, yeah, so it's probably helping me helping me out the time and I didn't even know it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you were hoping you didn't get tackled and have your shoulder dislocated so it would stop you playing guitar. Well, that, that actually happened to me. Yeah, man. Oh, no. I've had a shoulder reconstruction. I've had a wrist reconstruction. Oh, no. I, uh, <laughs> I got, I got elbowed in the throat about eight years ago and completely lost, yeah, completely lost my voice for eight for eight days. And then, but that's kind of given me this rusty kind of voice, I suppose. And I mean, and again, rather than dwell on it and think, oh, well, that's it, it's all over. You know, mm. you just write things in your, in your um, range and, and I'm still doing vocal coaching now. And mm. so, yeah, so it's all, you know, I mean, you, you've only got one life, you, you've got to have a crack. That's absolutely. So while you were in these bands, um, while also you know having a professional job as a as a footy player, were you writing songs at that stage or no? no so, so literally, this album is the first thirteen songs I've ever written. Right. So yeah. So I um. I mean, like we loved doing cover. Like we we would. I suppose in a sense we we were doing cover versions of songs that we loved and making mm. it our own way. So that was. I suppose being creative in a sense, but mm. no, we were just doing covers basically and doing weddings. And, and then I teed up with my brother while I was still playing footy, my brother, Robbie, and we were, we've been doing weddings for 10 years. And, and I suppose the, the interesting thing about this album is I actually wrote the album for for my brother to sing it. Right. And he didn't want to do country. So I was like, I had five like cracking songs and, and they're kind of upbeat kind of rock, rock country, country rock songs. And, and he didn't want to do it, so I was like, "Well, okay, we I either go throw them out or, or do it myself." And and I'm really kind of blessed that that kind of happened because now I'm doing something that I love doing. I've, I've written all these songs myself. I've played the instruments and helped produce. So it's kind of it's pretty much me in an album, and I'm and I'm really proud of it actually. Well, and you say, yeah, you mentioned your brother didn't want to play country, which is, of course, outrageous, but it does give me an opportunity to um, talk to you now about going to Nashville in 2011, which yep. which seems to have been your conversion to country music. It, it really, it honestly was, yeah. As I said, like, grew up with that kind of rock-inspired kind of, you know, I, I love the 90s rock, but I honestly went to Nashville in 2011, and I don't know if you can go to Nashville and not come, not become a country music fan. Right. And ironically, it was in a bar called Tootsie's. Um, which is in my first film clip, uh, Tootsie's is a big sign behind it. But um, yeah, so there was a song out at the time. I had no, I honestly had no idea about country music. And there was just this line, it was like, life is good today. And I just remember, I remember every every bar we went, every cover band was playing it. 
Mm -hmm. It turned out being the song um, Toes by Zach Brown Band, mm -hmm. and it just came out at the time. So that's why everyone was playing it. And and I just, I came back to Australia. I didn't know what the song was, and I was just like, oh, I've got to find out. It's just, it was almost like it was calling me. Yeah. And then um, came back and someone said, oh, that's a Zach Brown Band song called Toes. And anyway, so I started, I listened to that song, and it was like, my God, I on the beach, you know, having a beer and rolling a fat one, and just like I'm just like, yes, like it was just relate, it's just relatable. Mm -hmm. So then, obviously, fell in love with Zach Brown band, and then, and then, honestly, that that was the day that I started listening to lyrics in songs and actually understanding what lyrics meant. Because mm -hmm. as I said before, muso, you kind of go to the music side of things, whereas most people who don't know music, they listen to lyrics, and that's what they relate with straight away. So, I mean, you join those two together and, and you get country music I suppose and that's just what I love that's what I love about country music and I haven't listened to anything since <laughs> so when you were starting to write songs because you obviously had all that experience as a guitarist and as a performer were you yeah. thinking oh I, I'm going to write songs that suit me as a guitarist or were you writing songs that just came to you as ideas I, so I wrote this album because I want people to I want to express what music does to me and, and what music is about oh, I listen to about a thousand songs every day. Like I just, I love it. I just I get up in the morning, I play music and it's the last thing I do. So the album is not like, and also to this is a, quite an important thing. I didn't write the album for fame or fortune or anything like that. I, I, I wrote, it's basically stories about my life, mm -hmm. but high energy songs that I'm envisioning to play live and loud and live. So that's kind of where, you know, these are all from the heart. I'm, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not, I'm a new artist. You know, nobody nobody knows about me, which I think is quite cool. And I got this kind of fresh rock, kind of country rock sound. And and yeah, so I, I literally just I wrote the album. And I'll be honest too, I went through a bit of a tough period in my life a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had two paths to go down. And, and I, I wrote a big. Well, I've got my my list of goals on the on the wall up here. And I'm just I'm just ticking them all off as we go. And and uh, writing an album and some songs was, was one of the top ones. So it's something I'm really proud of too. You know, obviously life is good today. It's a, it's a positive message. And mm -hmm. all these, this whole album is, is, is good messages. You know, like they're, they're not depressive songs. They're, they're kind of up and up and Adam kind of songs. And, and that kind of goes with that kind of rock inspired, like inspired theme as well. So Yes, it's, well, I'm really proud of it. I can't wait to show everybody. Yeah, well, it's, and we wait. We have to wait for it, though, because it won't be till next year. So is uh, Life is Good Today, did that become your mantra to live by? It honestly did, yeah. Uh, as I said, like that that line in Nashville, it, just, it was just like a light bulb went off. I, I, can't, I can't describe anything but that. It was just, I had to come home and I was just hungry to find out what, what that was. And then from that moment... I mean, I'm, I've got a landscaping company. It's it's a big life is good today on the back of um <laughs> on, on my truck. Like it's just, I think it's just such a positive, positive message. And and I'm all about positivity and spreading the love and you know, enjoying, embracing what you've got. And and yeah, life is good today is kind of a celebration of you know that period in life where two years ago was pretty tough. But I rather than feel sorry for myself, you know, I I looked at everything that was good around me, and and that kind of brought me out of the hole. And so that's. <clears throat> that's kind of what I want people to experience when they listen to the song and the album and go, you know what, they can do it. And there are good, lots of good things in my life. Well, let's, let's embrace that rather than focusing on, on, all, on all the negatives. But to go from playing other people's songs, as you have been, to putting your, as you said, these are stories from your life, it's, it's, a, it's a big, brave step, actually, because it's, it's 
one of the great things about country music is you don't have to be 18 to be a new artist. You can be any yeah. age and at any stage of your career. But has there been any hesitation for you in thinking, oh, these are about to go out into the world and people are going to know a lot more about me than they do already? Yeah, look, no, look, to be honest, not at all. No, I, I didn't write it for that. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy some people are liking the song and, yeah. And um, so look, and, and I'm I'm as honest as they come, you know. Like I, I and you've got to be quite vulnerable too. And I, I suppose people like that, you know. If you're if you're honest and relatable, and and you have issues, and it's not all hunky dory all the time, you know, mm-hmm. then then people go, oh yeah, I, I like this bloke, or I'll give him a listen. So, and that's again what I love about country music. Uh, it's just it's just this so relatable the songs. So, as I said, I, I just I just sat down, I wrote 13 songs, and and. They all came quite easy because they're just really good stories. But I've, but I've I've thought about the album. I haven't just written thirteen songs again. Right, but that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Like they're all in, in an order which kind of suit each other. Like once you get it, you'll understand. But and, and this like this life is good today. I mean, you'll hear the drummer pick up sticks yeah. and, and do the four you know snares, and that's kind of like welcome to me. It's just like okay, this is this is new, this is fresh, and the start of the show, and here we go. So yeah, look. Um, I think you have to be a bit vulnerable to to be, you know, honest and liked, and and I think people, yeah, really relate to that kind of side of, of music. Yeah, and as you said, in country music, like the storytelling, that is a fundamental part of it, and it's what the audience expects and also what they enjoy. Um, so this album is slated for release next year. Do you have a release date in mind, or are you just going to release a few singles and and see what works yeah, out? So I, I don't. So. <laughs> So I was about to release it about three, four weeks ago. And then then I met Natalie Waller from ABC Country, who's really helped me. And then she put me in touch with Jules from Wild Heart. And then, so my my whole strategy being a new artist was I I wanted to do an album and then go bang, 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 single. And they're like, no, we're in a digital world now. Like, hold your horses. And I'm a very excited kind of bloke. So I I just can't wait to get it out there. But so, but I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm taking my time and doing singles and singles and then look it, it'll probably be i'd say middle of next year okay so i've got i've got another song and film clip ready to go for about february and then you know in this industry there's so much music out there now there's so many talented people so how do you get heard and how do you get in, in the right people's ears so i've taken the right advice from the two pretty important women in the industry and yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I'm holding my horses for the time being. Well, look, look, sounds like that's what you've been instructed to do. And you said that um, the, you, the songs are you know, upbeat, designed to be played live and enjoyed. So can people catch you live in Sydney at any stage or are you heading for Tamworth? So well, I've got a lot of things in the pipeline, nothing kind of just set in stone just yet. So, and, and as I said, I wrote these songs because I love going to shows. I'm, I'm you know, I, I just... I travel all around the world just to go to country music festivals. I just love it. So that's kind of what I want people to enjoy with my music. I want them to to, to feel what I feel, you know, performing. So that's why they're, they're great songs live. They're, they're really awesome. So, look, I've got a few things in the pipeline. So, but, but as I said, nothing just nothing just set in stone. So if you follow if you follow my socials, James Keith Music, mm-hmm. um, or my website, jameskeith.au, um, you'll, you'll be out of, I've got some stuff coming up soon, but yeah, no, nothing just nothing just yet. Okay. Well, given that you um, build a vineyard when you're a kid, I'm guessing that maybe you could develop skills to make your own guitars one day. That's my tip. <laughs> so, it's so funny you say that. I actually want to make a guitar. 
because obviously Brian, Brian May from Queen, he made his guitar. Like a lot of people do it. So that is definitely something I'm thinking about doing. So there's something else to look forward to. It just occurred to me, I was like, hmm, if, you know, if, you, if you have those skills, then there are other things you can do. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I, I've had you talking for quite a while. Uh, I'm going to leave you to your Tuesday evening. It's a Tuesday when we're speaking and it has been great to talk to you. Thanks, James. I really enjoyed your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.